So the title of this morning's quick talk, it's not going to be very long, is called I Matter and You Matter. I Matter and You Matter. What about the kids? Okay, can you help your kids settle? No, that's fine. We in the family service, so it doesn't matter if there's a bit of a distraction, because we're adults, we can look past the distractions and the noises that the kids make. It's just so awesome to have the kids in this service, in this meeting with us, because this is about family, and that's essentially what this message is about, is that we are family. So I wonder if you can turn to the person next to you and say, I matter and you matter. Thank you. See, we all matter when it comes to raising kids. Okay, okay. Joey's killing himself laughing over there. <laughs> so we couldn't make it through a normal Sunday without these awesome volunteers that we had. And I think they really did an amazing job. And I want to thank every single person. If I looked at the age group of the people that stood up here earlier on, when they were helping the kids do their little shows, their musicals, their dances, whatever the case is, I think the average volunteer must be between 16 and 18 years old. None of them have kids of their own. But yet, they lay down their lives every single Sunday to serve us, to serve our kids, so we could sit and listen to whatever God's laid on one of the elders' hearts. So I just want to thank you guys, you know. And it also gives us an opportunity to look at everybody else and say, listen, and I'll get you this, let's all get involved, like Patrick says, as part of the village. So, you know, if I look across Josh Jen, we currently have over 400 volunteers every Sunday serving in our kids' ministry. How awesome is that? And we have, at the moment, around about 1,200 kids in Joshua Generation that we are currently ministering to. Isn't that amazing how God is blessing us? And as was said earlier on, you know, every moment that we invest into one of the kids' lives, we are going to produce a seed which is going to eventually grow into a sapling, and that sapling is going to go into a tree. And these are going to be the next Andrew Sillies the late Will Marais, the Billy Grahams of the world. So we must never underestimate the worth of a child in God's eyes. And we as parents, we as adults, we as teenagers have the opportunity to talk about creation with our kids, to talk about God with our kids. I mean, like, wow, that is such a privilege that each one of us have been given to talk about God to our kids. It's amazing. We can share the gospel with them. We can train them to the gospel. And they can share the gospel. You know, I've heard of so many kids that are so in love with Jesus. You know, during break at school time, they sit underneath a tree with their friends. And they're able to share the gospel. Sharing the good news with their kids, with their friends. And their friends commit their lives to Jesus. You know, instead of playing and getting up to mischief, whatever they do during breaks, yeah, somebody that's completely committed. And they sit there and they share the good news with their friends and bring them to the Lord. Children, as you know, are never too young to learn. And children are genuinely 
a blessing from the Lord. And God makes it clear in His Word the responsibility that we have to help each other train these people. So you can just put that scripture up, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 to 7. And I am reading, there's only three scriptures today, out of the New Living Translation. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commandments that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. So in other words, God is saying to us, never stop talking about me to your children. Don't only talk to them about me on a Sunday or Sunday after a meeting. Talk about me all the time. And in Proverbs 22, uh, verse 6, you heard this quoted frequently this morning. It says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they're older, they will not leave it. It's so important that at an early stage, we start massaging the love of God into our kids so that they could be the lights on that hill, beacons of hope, beacons of light to kids who never had the opportunity to come to church and hear about God. The great theologian and uh, evangelist D.L. Moody had come back from a big tent revival, and he was talking to some people, and he said, in today's meeting, we had two and a half people saved. And uh, whoever he was talking to said, he said, you mean two adults and one kid? He said, no, two kids and one adult. See, because kids are moldable, and we can shape them, and they can carry and witness God for a lifetime. Whereas many of us as adults, I mean, I only got saved at the age of 47. And to think all those years that I missed the love of God and being, having the privilege of sharing God to my friends and to my family. You know, nearly 80% of our children in church today decided to follow Jesus before the age of 18. That's amazing. Most of them make a decision before the age of 18. And 50% of them, 50%, normally decide that I'm going to follow Jesus from the age of 12 years old. So you can understand why kids' ministry, Josh and kids, is so important to us. Did you know that by the time a child is nine, their basic moral foundation has been formed? They normally say that a character of a child is formed by nine. So what you teach them, what you're showing them, what you're living, what you're modeling is ingrained into them by the age of nine. What we need to ensure that between the ages of nine to 14, our kids know what the value of God is, the love of God. The God of all eternity. And what does eternity mean to the kids? We need to be speaking to them about this all the time. And in Matthew 19, 14, and the New Living Translation says this, But Jesus said, Let the, the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like children. So you can see Jesus and God is so inclusive. It's not just for the older people, the married people, 
the wealthy people or the poor people. No, it's for everybody. And more importantly, it's about the kids because he uses kids so frequently. He says, you know, if you have the faith like a child, you know, you will believe in me. And, you know, you think of a chi- uh, the faith of a child. Think of you standing in a swimming pool and your kid's standing on the edge and you say, jump, jump, and they're two or three or four years old. And, like, I don't know if dad's going to catch me. And eventually, no, no, I have got faith that my dad's going to catch me. And they take this leap of faith into their father's hands. Hopefully the father does catch them. But that's the kind of faith that Jesus expects, not only from the kids, but from you and I as well. And there's a season in everybody's life. And there's a season of molding and shaping our kids as well. It's when kids are impressionable. It's a season in which we need to become more intentional. Honestly, folks, listen to this. We need to become more intentional about teaching our kids the way of the kingdom. Don't just rely on the, on the Sundays for the, the, the Josh and kids, teachers and helpers to teach the kids. The major responsibility is yours as parents. It's yours of the parents. Don't think, no, my kid's going to get trained in the ways of God on Sunday. No, they need to be trained in the ways of God and the love of God, the reverence for God, the awe of God at home. And when they come to Sunday school, it's just like, tick, I heard that, I heard that. And how do we do this? As our responsibility, you know, sometimes, as I said, we think it's somebody else's responsibility. But what if we spend more time praying for our children? Spend time praying with them in the evenings, before they go to bed or whilst they're about to fall asleep, that you kneel down beside the bed and get them to pray with you, as we heard this young group of kids praying early on. How frequently are we praying with our kids? Do we pray with our kids? The second thing is, you know, a little child will run up to you, one of your children will run up to you, Mommy, Mommy, I hurt my toe. Mommy, Mommy, I've got a sore head. And the first thing we do is go to the medicine cabinet. If not the medicine cabinet, we rush to the doctors. Why don't we change and say this, Mommy, Mommy, I've got a, a sore toe. Come here. Let's pray to Jesus to heal you. Let's pray to Jesus to heal you. Because what are you doing then? You're exercising the faith and the belief that Jesus can heal and will heal. And sometimes it doesn't work. The healing process will take place, but at least you're pointing your kids from a very early age. The first person that we go to is Jesus, not to the medicine cabinet. And we need to find fun and creative ways in which to teach our kids. So, you know, God isn't dull. God isn't boring. God is full of fun. God is mischievous. God laughs at us most of our lives because we just doff. We're just stupid. We make silly things and he says, ah, Kim, there you go again. You know? I saw this wonderful, beautiful example. This uh, woman was teaching her kids about the armor of God and what it means to wear the armor of God. And she had two jars filled with water. And, the one, and she had two notches. And she took the peel off the notchy, of the one notchy, and she dropped it in the water. And that one sinks to the bottom. And she says, if you do not wear 
the armor of God, that's what's going to happen to you. You will be unprotected. You will sink to the bottom. Then she took the other notch. You can try this at home. And she put it into the jar of water and it floated. She says, that is the armor of God. He'll always be with you. He'll always hold you up. And he'll always care for you. So that's a practical and simple example and creative example in, ter- in terms of teaching our kids. Can you imagine if we really committed to this? Committed to what you're seeing here. Committed to what the kids are being taught on Sundays. Committed to praying with your kids. How fewer problems we will see in the adolescent and adult years. If the kids are truly committed, they love God with all their hearts, let me tell you, few adults are going to be you know, committed to drugs or pornography, be murderers, rapists, whatever the case is. Why? Because they're carrying the heart and the values of Jesus Christ himself. What if every single one of our children have the heart that's completely committed to reaching other kids? What if they're all messengers of God, carrying something of the love of God, that they all say, ah, oh, mommy, I've got this friend at school. I'm, can, I can pray for them. I want to pray for them. Can you pray for them? How many of you have a prayer book for your kids. And I said, why, why have a prayer book? You know, it's interesting. Um, we were in Milneson, leading Milneson, and I went on a um, 40-day fast, and three of us got together on a regular basis to pray. And every time we said, okay, we're going to pray, we made a prayer list. And at the end of the fast, besides God healing me out of a shoulder problem, we went through that prayer book, and everything that we prayed for, we could tick. God had answered those prayers for the congregation and the people in the congregation. Just imagine if you're sitting with your kid and you've got a prayer book, and every month or every six months you go back and you reflect, you spoke to me about little Johnny. Johnny's now in church with his parents, and he's serving, he's given his life to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? When I was in Edgemead, we decided to run Alpha Youth, and we had 18 kids that weren't in church that decided to come to Alpha Youth. Each one of them got saved. Each one of them got filled with the Holy Spirit. When the course was finished, each one of them had their parents in church, and those parents are still in church as a result of the influence of their kids. How amazing is that? So let us invest more time talking about God, teaching them to worship. I mean, we sang this beautiful song, How Great Is Our God. How great is our God that gives us this opportunity to live in times like us. And I know a lot of us are like, "Mm, I'm not so sure. You know what? You made the choice to have a child now. And it's an awesome time. It's an awesome honor. It's an awesome privilege to be raising a child. Because how you're raising them is a reflection of your love for God, first and foremost, to your kids. And they're going to carry that which you're carrying. And whether we have kids or don't have kids, you know, I was amazed how many people stood up and said, yes, we serve. Now, many of us that are sitting here don't have kids. 
And you know, if you want to learn how to minister, if you want to grow in confidence to be able to share the gospel, if you want to grow in confidence to speak to people about Jesus and His kingdom, the best place to start is in kids' ministry on a Sunday. Because you can make mistakes, and the kids are going to go, oh, what, whatever. That went right over my head. I don't know what happened. But at least you're like, okay, I'm, I'm getting stronger, and my faith is getting stronger. I, I'm, I'm getting all the rough edges off. I'm learning. We often say, if you want to be a great preacher, the best place to start is in kids' ministry. Go and preach here for three years before you come up here and start preaching. Because by the time you get here, you'll be polished. You'll be fine. Because the kids will help shape and mold you. Remember that God says in His Word, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And that is applicable not only to you, but to our kids as well. He doesn't want to see them going astray. He doesn't want to see them going down a slippery slope. No, he says, I will leave the 99 to go over the one. So it's so important that we get our kids into the kingdom. Solid, knitted in, woven in, into the things of Jesus. And I'd say to you guys in the ending, Will your kid be like a little quacha? It's about as much as I could do <laughs> that he was doing. You know, last week I, pre I preached on being passionate for, for God and the kingdom. Can you raise your kids to be passionate about God? Mommy, I'm not going to go to bed until you come and pray with me. Or Daddy, come and pray. Mom and Dad, can you pray with me? Dad, come and read a Bible story to me. Because they want to know more about God because they just feed off the Word. You know, the Word said some of us, you know, can't enjoy solid food. We need to stay on milk until such time we can go on to solid food. So as we grow in God, we can go into the solid stuff. Our kids start with the milk, but we can ensure that by the, by the time they're teenagers, they're on solid food already. We've seen wonderful examples. We have wonderful examples over here. I look at some of the parents' children over here. Look at the son. Where's George? Come here, boy. My man. I'm, I, this wasn't prepped. He's one of the finest young men I know. He loves God passionately. God has given him the ability to not only be musically talented, but he's also blessed him with the gift of prophecy. He's also been gifted with the gift of encouragement, wisdom, and discernment. So it's not because he's Lucas or Annie's son. No, he's a son of God. And God has seen this man's heart, his, his absolute love and devotion to him, and he keeps on blessing him. And as he blesses him with a little, and he's faithful with a little, God's going to bless him with more. Do you want to say something? Yeah. Can I just talk about the love of God quickly? Your love for God. Okay. Um, so I think one of the reasons I love God so much is not, not really because of what I've been taught but of what he's done for me and what I've experienced firsthand. 
But I can say I wouldn't have experienced that if I hadn't been taught. And if I hadn't then used what I had been taught as a tool to get to know God more. So I just want to say, um, of course, my parents have helped me to love God. But it's, I have recently experienced it from my own point of view and not just from my parents' point of view. Thank you, George. Honestly, in Josh's generation, between 6,000 adults and 1,000 plus kids, we have many young Georges running around. And that gives us so much hope. It's so encouraging for our future as a church. It's so encouraging for God's kingdom that young men and young girls like George are running around with so much confidence, such conviction, and so much love for God. As much as I can, will you? Will you invest the time, the energy to raising your kids in a godly manner? Yeah? Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Uh, Patrick.